We would like to acknowledge the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which Wirroni is created. We pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge that the name Wirroni was taken from the Wadiwadi Nation without permission and we are striving to do better for future reconciliation. Uh, welcome everyone to How About Another Round. How about another round? How about, yeah. Hey, well, this is the second idea. round, you know, we're just getting started. Mm. Um, and uh, tell us, what's on, what's on the agenda today, Chris? Mm. So today, Callum finally gets his ant episode. So sort of, sort we're of. doing ants and other ant-related things. You'll see throughout the show yeah, what that yeah. means. Other, other things that start with ant, because <clears throat> we really ran out of ideas here. What, what are you talking about? Not at all. This is the second episode. <laughs> we're just bursting with creativity. Exactly. Okay, David, what do you have today for Wikipedia fact? Mm. Ant-related, of course. Okay, so... On the topic of ants, Callum. Yes. What do you know about Antarctica? I know that it starts with an ant in the name. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. I, I don't know. It's a it's a big floating. I think either well, it's a big floating island. Mm. You win the ten thousand dollars. Oh, thank you. Uh, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's actually not an island. Well, it is an island. God damn it. Way to be nitpicky, Chris. Mm. Wait, wait, what is it? Oh, oh, oh yeah, it yeah. is a continent. Okay, well, well that's a bit Why isn't it in the Olympic Games then? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, continents aren't necessarily in the Olympic Games. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he got us there. <laughs> um, well, anyway. Um, Antarctica, yes. There's this giant section of Antarctica that is completely uninhabited and has not been claimed ever. Wait, what do you mean by not claimed? As like nobody owns it, not one country at all. It's bigger than Mongolia. Wow! And it's called Mary Birdland, and it's if you are a film buff, it's where they filmed The Thing. I think it was in 1986, um, and like nobody's claimed it. Yeah. Uh, so does that mean it's like considered international territory, or is it like international waters? Well, it's land. It, yeah, it's land. So land. I think, well, you could go in it, but, like, it's just, like, so inhospitable that, you know, you wouldn't want to go in there anyway. <laughs> no one really wants it. No, no yes. Yeah, it's, it's like the piece of Antarctica that nobody wants, and therefore nobody's claimed it yet. Is there any lords there? Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, it's no. probably, like, the Wild West. I don't know. It's, it's like <laughs> whatever you, the, if you want to murder someone, West that's the place to do it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so wait, quick question. Does that mean the rest of Antarctica has been claimed? Yep. Australia has the most claimed land, I believe. Really? Um, yeah, because yeah, we, we, we all got given it all by England. It's yeah, because yeah, we're so close. Ah. Um, and then, like, sense. I think some parts of it are owned by America. Oh. Some parts are owned by England. Uh, There's loads of different Norway. countries. Who I, I think Norway owns a couple. France owns a little bit. And even Argentina, because they're close oh. to Antarctica, so they, they own a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the unusual Wikipedia article of the week. Um, now the second segment that, uh, I'm going on to now next, um, I'm going to start talking about music stuff happening around Canberra or around ANU, um, and theater stuff. So upcoming shows, you guys don't know any upcoming shows? Have have you heard any? In Canberra, or oh, I know a couple. Well, for like ANU, yeah, yeah, for ANU, yeah. Well, there's the Fenner one, Witness for the Prosecution. Shout out, it's going to be great coming up sometime later this semester. I think it's going to be in sep- yeah, September, mid no, it's going to be in October. Oh, um, mid October. Um, it's obviously the one you're doing. Do you want to, yeah, so I'm doing Coriolanus, um, for Shakespeare Society. Um, we've been rehearsing, oh God, we've been rehearsing for quite a few months now. Um, and we're going to be showing next week actually on the Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, and it's been rehearsing a lot of lines (laughs) and it's like so difficult because it's Shakespeare and he's like, oh my God. What what character do you play? I play Menenius Agrippa. Uh, I'm a senator, and I'm I'm old. Oh, 
Yeah, no. you'd know, you know Chris, wouldn't no. you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would help if I actually knew what the, uh, the Shakespearean play is. Yeah, no, people who like Why say, don't you give us a quick rundown on why we oh, should come? Jesus, okay. Just do like the quickest feel ever. Well, I, I mean, David's there. Yeah. What other reasons yeah. do we need? Yeah. And, and tickets are already on sale right now. I think we've got 16 tickets left. Wait, really? For all our shows. Yeah, because yeah. people I just might not be going then. <laughs> no. Well, listen, if you want to get your tickets, you can. Um, you just want to probably check the Shakespeare Society and your Shakespeare Society on Facebook, and you'll probably see the link over there to um, their shows and a bunch of other shows, which are also as good, but, you know, not as good. That's good. Well, so any other shows you know about, David? Mm. Um, oh, it's the time of the season where you get a lot of reviews coming along. You've got Arts Review. Uh, you've got Women's Review, I think, tonight. And... Um, Probably tomorrow and the day after that. And you got yours truly, Law Review, which I'm also a part of and I'm proud to be in, even though I don't do law. Yeah. Does Law Review actually have anything to do with law? Yeah. I mean, like, uh, there are people who actually do law and we do make, we do poke fun at law, but if we just did that all the time, mm. people would find that boring. You know, even like law students would be like, oh, that's funny, you made a pun. And so we don't do that. We, we do like stupid stuff. So it's primarily for law students. Yeah, but you don't have to be a law student to come along because, like, the the jokes are like actually like pretty stupid. Mm. Um, and we've also, oh, I think I think I can give the name of the the title of the show. So each each law review they've had, they make a sort of a pun out of the title to do with law, and it's called Pinku Goes to Law School Moot Moot. <laughs> Nice. I see, I see. If you're a law student, you'd get that joke. If not, well, <coughs> it's got pink in it, I don't know. Also related to Antarctica. Ah, yes, because he is a penguin. Good job, Chris. You're able to connect things very well. This, kind of this shows that you're growing. <laughs> wow. um, oh, okay. Now, uh, in other news, um, music. Um, now, recently, we only did an interview with a local band. Uh, called Northbourne. Now, I hadn't heard of this band before. So I looked at their interview. I looked them up on Spotify. And I guess you could say that they've they've said themselves that they're a sort of like a punk, grunge, sort of heavy band. Um, what what punk or grunge bands do you know, Callum? My, my music taste is exceptionally limited, rather narrow. I, I don't think I know any... Not even bands. one? No. Not, like, not not even one? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Okay, what about you, Chris? You're old. You probably know, like... He lived through that era. Yeah, you uh, lived through, like, the 70s, so you probably know, like, all those grunge bands. <laughs> I don't know one grunge band. I'm sorry oh, to he, say. He, he forgot. <laughs> he forgot. He just doesn't remember the good old days. I don't remember <laughs> much from back then. Well, tell us about this grunge band. Well, Northbourne. It's three guys, Riley, Matthias, and Connor. Um, they started the band after, I think, the lead singer, uh, Riley, was, um, was busy just doing a bunch of music stuff, and he realised, oh, wait, I'm actually good at making lyrics, and so he just started to, started to make a band. And funnily enough, their manager uh, is Riley's mum. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, because yeah. like, he, he, he said, and I quote, or something along the lines, it's like, yeah, it's just like, I trust her, you know, and so I'll let her do all the, all the important stuff like getting venues, you know, getting sponsors and all that. Um, but recently, uh, they've come out with their uh, new album, "They'll Never Find Us," uh, and when I was listening to it, I kind of heard a bunch of different versions, different kind of bands coming from it. Um, I guess you could say, you guys know System of Down? No. Do you know no. Iron Maiden? Yes. I've, I've heard of them. A little bit of Metallica? <laughs> yes. Um, of sex Pistols? Um, kind of. No. <laughs> sex Pistols. What a what a great name for a band. Wow. I know, I know. It's amazing. Um, but, yeah, no, when I was listening to their, their album, um, which includes uh, such lovely um, songs as Wasteland, Absolution, Edge of Reality, Hypertension, Hideaway. Um, 
I could hear a lot of different kinds of styles. And even the, the lead singer, he mentions that in that album, they've actually like taken like a lot of range and a lot of perspective on um, their album. So you've got a lot of songs that are really like heavy, you know, like ones where you know you've got the bass just boosted all the way, and you've got these amazing riffs, mm. um, such as in Wasteland. But then you've got these like lovely acoustic guitar pieces, which I didn't expect, but um, such as in in Slowly Let Down. Um, where they've got this like this long build up. It's just a bunch of noise at, in the middle, and then it just fades out to this lovely guitar, so, um, acoustic guitar solo. Um, so yeah, if I if I had to give their their album, uh, they'll never find us here. Out of ten, I'd give it a decent to a strong seven point five. Wow, maybe even an eight if I want to push it. Um, oh, they also said that. The, the name for the album, They'll Never Find Us Here, they got that inspiration from uh, the amazing Oscar award-winning film, The Cat in the Hat. Oh. Starring, what's his name? Um, what? You, have you never seen Cat in the Hat? I, I know what Cat in the Hat is, but I'm not sure how they got They'll Never Find Us Here from okay. Cat in the Hat. Okay, 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 hold on. I need to find the name of the, the, the main actor. I didn't think Cat in the Hat was a horror film. Yeah, I forget his name as well. Uh, it is definitely not a horror film, Cameron. I, I, I realise that, but... Mike Myers. Mike yeah. Myers. Yeah. In the film, oh. uh, Mike Myers, who plays the cat in the hat, he plays him in, like, a egregious cat suit. It's, like, horrifying. Um, <clears throat> when, like, the two kids are trying to, like, hide from, from, like, this giant cat who's actually, like, as tall as a normal human being. Uh, they're hiding under the bed. So it is a horror film. <laughs> yeah. They're hiding under the bed, and uh, Mike Myers is there under the bed with them, and he's like, mm, I hope he never finds us here. And then they like run away screaming because he's like, well, he's there. Um, this really does sound like a horror film. For some people it is. <laughs> um, if you really dislike cats. Yeah. So if you want to catch Northbourne <clears throat> live, uh, they're going to be showing, they're going to be doing their uh, new debut album tour starting at UC Hub on the 21st of August at the Sunday at 6pm uh, with other bands such as Nora, Major, Arcana and Ricky's Breath. Uh, tickets are $23.18. So if you want to go and get some lovely live music from them, uh, you go there. Uh, now, I think that's me done. I'd like to pass on to our lovely Chris with the news. Okay, so we've really only got one item on the news for ANU this week. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot has been happening. Sorry to anyone we missed who actually had something interesting happen. Um, so the only thing that's, re- uh, the big topic that's come out this week is that ANU's been w- running at a surplus this um, quarter, but has actually cut a whole bunch of staff despite doing really well. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys think it's a bit... Ooh. They're just giving another reason for like students to hate on ANU. Like, yeah, that, that's a bit controversial. I'm I'm surprised they would do those cuts. Is there? Would that were they expect? Surely they were expecting a surplus. It's well, not no, something no, no. Just, so oh, they, well, not quite. Okay, they they performed 150 million dollars better than last oh, the geez, quarter last year. So, so um, oh, okay. ah, they oh, okay. they were expected to not not be cutting as many staff, <laughs> considering they did they did better, but. That is not the case. Mm. They have started cutting staff again. So 352 full-time staff Wait, got cut. 352, wow. you said? <laughs> yeah, 352. Wow. Um, I, and they're cutting courses with that, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're, they're cutting the Bachelor of Classical Studies and Bachelor of Archaeology. Yeah, but I think it's really? not only those. It's like there's a, there's a lot of subjects that are getting, getting dropped. I was disappointed... That they were cutting classical studies because I was, if I didn't do bachelor of arts, I would I would have done classical studies, and I would have been like pretty pissed off if I did it and I found out like that they're cutting it. Well, to be fair, especially with like archaeology, they you basically weren't able to do a course in archaeology like last year. There wasn't enough subjects to yeah. actually keep going. Yeah. So, uh, okay. um, well, I I also know that there was a bunch of uh, courses which I imagine are now gone. Uh, just art courses. I think there was there was a glass blowing course that I was actually really. Oh interested yeah, I know in. someone is doing that. They're doing that as um elective in their final year. Oh wait, they're doing it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it hasn't been cut then. Because no, but it's probably 
gonna be cut. If oh, you've heard, like, it, it might be that it hasn't been cut yet, but it's in the process. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. no, I for them to cut that many people, it's like they're just getting rid of like additional expenses. It's like they're riding high on that surplus, and they don't want to like lose it by paying like a lot of people. So, well, I mean, if it's if it's expected to continue. Surely they'd, if it's expected to continue, this is not some random jump. Mm. Uh, it's expected to continue. Then they can afford to pay those additional staff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's part of it. They have a reco- they have a recovery plan that they reckon they're they're uh, doing, which incre- which is about trying to reduce as much expenditure as possible possible. So that's why they've cut so many staff. But to be fair, they're not. They have also had to pay, apparently they've had to pay $66 million in um, payments out to the people they've cut. So it's not exactly like it was a, a cheap process to lose all no, that stuff. No, but, I mean, the amount of protests I'm seeing towards ANU and, you know, the higher-ups, mm. I, I feel like it's just going to keep on continuing at this rate. It's going to keep on building up. Um, so, well, I mean, if you are doing a course that, has been cut or subjects that have been cut. Yeah, you'd be pretty bloody. They pissed. had a they had a march. They had a protest for the cutting of classical studies and archaeology. Yeah, there's been a couple of protests around this week. Um, we there was the um, one for the Greens, uh, like for the um, the environmental one that happened out on the um, the lawns here. Um, right, a couple of days ago, I think. Not very good information, but I know there was one. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, you've got a great view to see them. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, you're not, you're not wrong in that. Uh, is that all the news? And of course, like we still got the sexual assault um, and stuff. Like, yeah, and new stuff gets still going on. So um, yeah, well, not, as lots I of protests around about that. Not very good. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think. Oh. We need to mention the third ant-related thing on our list. Oh, yeah, yeah back, oh, back on ants. Yes. Back on ants. Well, well sort of. Um, Anton Smirnoff. So Anton is an ANU student. He's also a friend of ours from... Fennerhall. Fennerhall. Um, oh, yeah, anyway. Anton. But he has just competed, finished competing in the 44th Chess Olympiad. Mm. So that's the equivalent of the Olympics, but for chess. Where did he go? Uh, he went to India to play. Pretty cool. So he was actually flown to India. Yeah. I um, think his, his expenses were paid, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, he's he played for board one for Australia, so mm. he's he's technically, well, not anymore. He was, at the time of flying out, the best Australian chess player. Um, he, he's the best in our hearts, all right? We don't, we don't, I mean, we don't take data into account. He got pipped by like a couple of points now. He's got to take it back. Um, anyway, besides the point. <laughs> this is the quest of revenge. Take, <laughs> take those couple of points back. Besides the point, um, the Australian team did really well. Mm. Um, they, they were actually in the top 10 for most of the... They, they came into it placed 29th. They were in the top 10 for most of the rounds. Um, unfortunately, they had a couple of unfortunate losses in the later round to a couple of teams. I think it was Iran, Ukraine. Um, they lost to... Um, so they, they ended up dropping down a bit after that. Yeah. Um, and they finished 30th, which was basically exactly where they were placed. Wow. Um, Pretty accurate placement. Then. But who did Anton go up against? Yes. Anyone, anyone particular? So Anton actually got um, a very lucky, well, lucky, unlucky, depending on how you want to look at it, draw, um, and ended up coming against, up against Magnus Carlsen, who's the best chess player the, of all time. Yeah, the best number one. And the number one. Um, and he held his own for most of that game. Um, yeah. It was, it was quite exciting because like it was neck and neck. A draw in my eyes against <laughs> Magnus Carlsen. Oh, it's a big thing. That's a, that's a win in my eyes. Oh, 100%. You know, Magnus Carlsen is scary. Yeah. Really, he's just scary. Yeah. Um, um, Australia did end up winning that match um, through oh, yeah, against the, against the Netherlands. unfortunate um, against Norway. Uh, oh, Norway. Rather, very funny for us, but quite unfortunate for Norway. I'll, I'll mention that afterwards. Mm. But um, yeah, so he ended up playing. They went they went the distance, but Magnus slowly grew, um, slowly got a bit of a lead and ended up finishing out that game. Yeah, unfortunately, you could, you could tell that like Magnus was like, <gasps> but he was scared. Yeah. He was terrified. He knew absolutely that he had that Anton terrified. had power in him. 
every move he made was like, oh god, oh, he's so <laughs> scary. It's it's uh, every move was like a, a JoJo character walking. <laughs> it's like, oh, take that, <laughs> like that. Uh, well, yeah, so um, Australia actually ended up winning it um, yeah, through yeah. So, funny circumstances. So board 2-1. So oh, uh, the way that the Olympiad it. works is that there's four boards and the first board is the most important because in a draw, in a 2-2 or if all, all boards tie, the first board is the one that decides it. Mm. If there's a draw and the first board draws, it's a draw overall. So what then draws quite often happen um, and it depends on, so it's the, whoever gets the most points out of those four games, those four games. Okay. So in the case with Norway, Australia actually lost board one. Magnus Carlsen um, ended up beating Anton, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but board two ended up winning for Australia. Board three ended up winning on time by like 0.2 of a second. Um, the guy didn't move in time. It was a, it was a whole thing. Apparently he, he was very upset about that. Um, he ended up, so he ended up making his move ever so slightly too late. And in the late parts of this tournament, you got, you got time when you moved. So he would have been fine. Um, and he probably would have ended up clearing out that game, but he, um, he just, Moved he didn't move too late. He moved the piece too late, and he ended up losing the game because oh. of it. Oh, that's well. Very, very. Um, they had to go to like slow mo to make sure and everything. <laughs> it was like it was a <laughs> whole thing. Yeah, they had to like adjudicate it and everything. Um, <laughs> like, oh, yep, yep, he's busy moving the points. Like, oh, zoom in, enhance. Oh, is just oh, just missed it. Can you can you get better click clarity on that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also, uh, board four, which was. Very much losing for the whole game, um, ended up clutching back a win in a very um, unfortunate way for Norway. The um, the Norway player fought he had him beat, so he started moving very quickly just to close out the game, and he made a very big mistake. And board four ended up coming back to win. Wonderful. So Australia, in a completely lost position, <laughs> ended up pulling out a just a win against Norway, as we always do. Um, always come back. Always come back. Apparently, Magnus was not happy, according to Anton. Oh, he was um, very. There was some expletives thrown at the <laughs> other team. Chess is a very high intensity game. From Norway. This, yeah, from Magnus. He was not happy with his other with his teammates. Oh, they're probably speaking Norwegian. So, yeah. The thing is, even though Magnus is the best player in the world, Norway is not a particularly good team. No, and, but they every single player was ranked as high or higher than Anton. So they definitely should. They were very much favourites to beat Australia. They should have won wow. um, every single board, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh. Australia ended up winning. Um, it was a big upset. There was a whole article written about it. Like really? Australia was one of the like the, one of the lower teams and they ended up beating up Norway, which was quite hilarious. <laughs> um Oh. Yeah, Magnus was not happy. Apparently, he kicked the, the coach off the bus later on. <laughs> huh? Well, apparently, the coach. So they, they had like these buses that went back, and the Australian coach had his Australian shirt on. Yeah. And Magnus was like, no, no Australians on this bus. You get next one. <laughs> Jeez. So, Magnus is angry. Yeah, anyway. Wow. Anyway, so that's a bit of, bit of fun from the um, chess tournament, but. Um, it shows chess is an intense game. Yeah, emotions run high. And um, honestly, it's it's really weird to think that we actually know someone who is or who was. It, it, he, he went down slightly, so there are other players in Australia that are above There's him. There's one other player who's a couple of points above him down. I see. But for a very long time, Anton was the number one player in Australia. Wasn't he also the number one player in the Southern no, Hemisphere? he wasn't. Oh, okay. It's players in Brazil. Ah, I see. Ah, those Brazilians. I see. <laughs> Be careful, Callum. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to our main segment, which Callum has been absolutely wanting to do for a very long time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pants. Oh, God. How dare you? 
Ants are so interesting. So <sighs> we always, every week, we have uh, Callum's colony update and his fun ant fact. Yep. This week we have extended it to be uh, one of our, our main topics. For so a one time only. One time only. He gets it out of his system and then it's done. Listen, I, I will never get this out of my system. Ants, they run in my veins. That, so that's, that's really weird to say. Do you prefer, you know those two ants, you got, you got A Bug's Life and then you got the film Ants. They're both horrible. They're, they're, I hate them both. I was going to say, which one do you prefer? I, I really If you hate had to both. choose. If you had to choose, which one, which one do you prefer? To be honest, I haven't watched them in a long time. Um, <clears throat> probably, probably A Bug's Life, I think. I didn't like the design of the ants and ants. They're a bit creepy. They're, 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 ugh. Nah, the Bugs Life looked a lot nicer. Um, what, because they're more human? Ah, of course. You is, there just want bugs, them to is there any ants in Bugs Life? I, I don't know. Yeah, there are. Yeah, the main character's an ant. Is he? Yeah, oh. I don't know what his name is. Probably Anthony or something like that. Um, the only reason why I prefer that is because I don't think it goes into as much detail about ant colonies. Because it, they're so What, inaccurate. you can't control them with your mind? No. Uh, they don't like that. touch each other's antennas to say hello. Like, well, no, they do that. They do that. No, no, but not in the film. Oh, they don't do that in the film. Oh, I don't that think. I don't egregious. remember that. <laughs> that is egregious. People yeah. would look at that and be like, "What the hell? What are they, what are they doing? Yeah, that's gross." How dare they? This is the thing. Like <clears throat> ants, <laughs> they don't operate that way. I, I'm pretty sure in the ants movie, it's like, oh, there's a lowly worker. He wants to rise up and, and become the uh, the king of the ant colony. No, you're very much stuck if you're an ant. Yeah, exactly. Okay, first up, all workers, just about all ants in an ant colony are female. The only males are literal sperm missiles. They <laughs> exist. Oh, the ant bully. Yeah, have you seen the ant bully? I, I don't know if I want to. David's just shown me a poster for the I ant have. bully. It's, it's oh, you have? Yeah. Dude, okay. If, okay, you, ha- you haven't seen the ant bully? No. Okay. Oh, I, synopsis. I, I hated watching the ant bully as a kid. I got like scars. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, our, our producer's just written. Sounds like we should invent ant communism. If we we're going to invent- destroy ant hierarchies. There's a Listen, okay. Callum would, would be the queen. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't want to be the queen. Isn't that what like? Wouldn't that what be? That would be like what ant communism is. Like you've got like no, no, no. a hierarchy of no, no, no. You, you destroy the hierarchy. Ant, ants All do ants not have equal. a hierarchy. It, this is the thing. So in an ant colony, even the queen is not above the workers. If if the workers decide for some reason that they're moving, they're leaving the ant nest and they're moving to a new nest. Uh, the queen doesn't have a choice. She will be pulled out of the old nest and dragged to the new one. So much so that. Let's say that uh, let's say that it's it's in a <clears throat> it's in an actual a formicarium, which is the word for an ant like a, a captive ant nest. If she's in a formicarium and the entrance or the exit from the nest is too small for the queen, the workers will literally rip her apart, pull off her oh. legs, rip her apart, kill her. If they well, I mean, they generally kill her in that circumstance just to get her to the new nest. They do not care. Like the queen. The only function that the queen has is to lay eggs. That is her. If she if she outlives her usefulness, she outlives her usefulness. Like it is, it's brutal. In that's the not nice. Okay, maybe le- less detail. Maybe Callum. <laughs> uh, listen, hey, ants, man. Let's get back on topic. Colony update. This is, this can, is can ants. You, can you this maybe like topic. give some like you know you know fun you know nice little fun facts about ants. You know, like oh, they've. There is no fun in there. Okay, maybe ants. maybe we should do your colony update. How's your your <laughs> captive ants going? Oh, wow! It, it's just going from banger to banger today. Uh, so, <clears throat> did they find a new mate on Tinder? That is not how ants work. Stop it! You know this is not right. <laughs> this this infuriates me. We've just talked about how angry I get with these movies. Uh, <clears throat> colony update. My bull ant, uh, which I briefly mentioned last week, uh, had a pupae. Really good news. On top of that, uh, she has now moved into a new nest, uh, a new test tube, uh, which is really good because it means that uh, she's got water for a significantly longer period of time. Uh, it's cleaner, more sterile. Um, What's a pupae? 
A pupae, okay. Now, you see, this is the problem. That there's so much ant jargon, and that's it's a, all swelling around the brain. That's yeah. a funny word. They're, are they babies? I'm going to take a pupae. Ant babies. They are. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, ant, oh. ant babies? I'm, I'm really getting excited here. It's like, this is really, I, I'm glad that I can Tell us about, about to ants. actually explode. Yes. The, the <laughs> life cycle for ants is, is quite interesting. It's not what you would expect. Um, so, you know, look, caterpillars to butterflies. How they've got a metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah, they they come out of the cocoon, and and, and they come out of the cocoon. Yes, <laughs> um, <clears throat> ants sort of do a, a similar thing. Uh, a queen will lay an egg. The egg will hatch into a larvae, which is basically just a grub. Um, the larvae will eat, grow, uh, get to quite a well. Yeah, grow to a reasonable size, and then. The larvae will either, well, it depends on the species. Oh, my God, there's so much. The larvae will spin a cocoon, mm. um, entrap itself in this cocoon, and at that point it's a pupae, and what it does then is, like a, a caterpillar, inside the cocoon it slowly develops and changes physically into an adult ant. Once it emerges from the cocoon, it's a, it's a full adult ant. It doesn't grow at all. It just does ant things. Can it apply for a driver's license? Uh, an ant applying for a driver's license? Maybe yep. if it was an ant car. Um, but, you know, uh, an ant... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe... You don't have to a, answer that question. <laughs> I, you know, I entertained that question for far too long, actually. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you did go a little bit long on that. Um, colony. No, colony. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yes, so she has a pupae, which is really good news. She also has a larvae. Um, I actually almost gave myself a heart attack the other day. I, I really, I had to sit down for a while. I really terrified myself. I was trying to feed her, and so I was using tweezers. I was trying to, bull ants require live prey, generally. Also, what were you feeding her then? Uh, a superworm. Superworm? It's a superworm. It's basically a large worm. Uh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look them up. Hold on. Yeah. Um. And so I was feeding, trying to feed her this superworm. She wasn't interested. Um. And so I was trying to coax her to some interest. Yep. That's superworms. Ew. They're, they're not really. Uh, I mean, they're they're worms, but they're sort of. They're basically worms with exoskeletons. Really, uh, that's how I would describe it. Oh, they're like like the worms you put at the end of like your little fish hook, fishing line. Wait, really? I think. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never actually um, put. Um, oh, actually, yeah, I have. I have put worms on the end of fishing lines, and um, but like not 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 like super worms. It's like usually just like mealworms, like tiny ones. Okay, <clears throat> mealworms are a, as you can see on that picture, they're basically a larger form of superworms are a larger form of mealworms. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, as I said. As you were feeding? Uh, yeah. I was feeding her, and, um, and I, was, I was trying. My tweezers were a bit close to her, the entrance to her nest where she was. And as I was playing around with the tweezers, she leapt out and bit the tweezers. <gasps> and I was not expecting that. I jumped back. I dropped the teeth. I flipped the tweezers. She <laughs> flew up into the air, <gasps> dropped down. I thought she was going to escape. And then, you know, at that point... It's chaos. Um, you flicked her with the tweezers up. No, not with the tweezers. She sort of got flicked up. It wasn't that. She didn't get flicked that high. Okay. Um, and, man, it was it was a scary moment. Bull ants are venomous. They are, they've got a really potent sting. They're actually one of the most potent uh, insect venoms in the world. Um, so I really don't want to get stung. And she just leapt at my fingers. Uh, it was it was it was very. I actually had to sit down for a little bit. Mm. I was that afraid. Right. Um, but yeah. So she's doing really well. Uh, she's moved into a new nest. Um, things are going great with her. I'm really excited, and uh, <clears throat> I think that's that's the colony update. Uh, did you give the fact? I didn't give the fact. Ah, oh, okay. Well, you know, we've we've had too many. Caleb's effect. Exactly. Yes, please. We need a chime. Oh, if we could. 
surely, surely we have like, how, a special sound. How would it go? How do you? How, what, what kind of? What kind of gist are you going with this? Wait, like, what got, jingle do you want? Yeah, a, a bit of a bit of uh, a bit of drums to start it, and then you know it gradually develops, and then it's like. You can organize that. We are gonna get uh, a band to come in, and we're gonna call them live live rehearsals. We're gonna call them Larvae. Larvae. <laughs> that that's the band name. Okay, give us the fact. Yes. Okay. It's it's a bit of a. Uh, <clears throat> On topic fact, it's actually about the uh, bullet, bull ants. Um, so bull ants, uh, most people will actually know bull ants. They're really, well, they're a very diverse genus. The bull ants that you'll know are very big. Um, on top of that, they have really, really large eyes. So you will, if you come across a bull ant, they will actually see you, look at you, and react to you visually, which not a lot of ants do. Um, the most common uh, bull ant that people are aware of is a, a bright red bull ant, which you can find sort of in beaches. And so if I, when I'm telling people about bull ants, which happens surprisingly often, they'll be, oh, do you mean like red ants or fire ants? Um, just because of the, the red coloration. They have really long jaws, um, so it's sort of a, a long jaw that gradually tapers in um, and <clears throat> very venomous stings. Uh, they are among the largest ants in the world, or they, some of the species are among the largest in the world, and they're quite intelligent, actually. They have By low, ant standards. By ant standards. Yeah, exactly. What's the average yeah. IQ of a bull ant? Can they defeat Magnus Carlsen in no. chess? Well, you know, maybe if they were big enough that they could move the chess pieces, then yes. Couldn't they? Isn't it that ants can lift 50 times their weight? Yeah, I mean, but a chess piece is kind of heavy. Is and it? an ant is pretty light. Yeah, an ant is very small. Oh. Yeah. Okay, no. <laughs> you have like a colony of ants. A up colony, against, probably. Up against Magnus Culls. <laughs> Magnus versus colony of ants. <laughs> um, they're, they're so intelligent that the largest species of bull ant uh, I think it's called the giant brown bull ant, is thought to be intelligent enough that it can recognize human faces. Uh, so, for example, you know, I'm the one who feeds this ant. It recognizes me. And I did actually have a giant brown bull ant. <clears throat> that giant brown bull ant did, uh, did recognize me, was significantly calmer around me, and when people would come into my room and I'd show them this giant brown bull ant, which also happened quite frequently, she would become significantly more distressed. You sure this was not just a placebo effect? It, it, it could be. You know, I'm, I'm imagining this, this deep connection with my ants. It, it could very well be Mama? a placebo effect. Dada? <laughs> Dada? Is it feeding time already? <laughs> yes. I have gifted you with food. I have given you the gift of sustenance. Yes, worship me, <laughs> praise me. Oh, please, Callum, mighty Callum. <laughs> oh, God in the sky. <laughs> Th this is why I keep ants. It's it's to feed my God complex. Yeah, to feed a superiority complex. Yeah, yeah. I have to be higher than lesser beings. I shall feed you now. Um, yeah, and so they're very, very, very diverse genus. And uh, another interesting thing about them is that they are only found in Australia. There's also like a small island, New Caledonia, where they are found. But outside of that, they don't exist anywhere else. They're very specific to Australia. Um, That's very cool. It, you, you have no idea. You have no idea. You have no idea how amazing this is. This, they're, they're so sick and awesome. Exactly. Uh. David gets it, you see. David gets it. There's so many species of ants which span the entire globe. Uh, not species, sorry. Genuses of ants that span the entire globe. Bull ants, just Australia. What is your favourite ant? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> You're going to make his brain explode at this point. <laughs> I, I am. I, well, yeah. It's like asking about a favourite child. <laughs> you know, actually, it, it kind of is. No, it's like no, asking no, like I, what I your do... favorite movie is or like what your favorite song is. It's like, but like, like a real many... movie buff, yeah. It's, it's like, like yeah. too many to choose from, probably. Okay, I do actually have a couple of 
Oh man, wait, okay, I'm gonna look this up um, so that I can show you guys this. Sorry, viewers. Uh, actually, no, I'm gonna let David look it up. Um, look up strobe ant. So this is one of my favorite species of ant. It's a bright orange ant with a black, with some black coloration. Um, and so, I mean, you guys are looking at it now. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Pretty ant? Um, I don't know if any ant is pretty. That is, how dare you say I think, that? I they think have, that's a little bit like, mean. giant pincers on their face. Clearly you don't appreciate beauty. You, exactly. It's not what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside that counts. Inside, ex, insect innards is the beauty of the insect. I, I'd uh, actually say yeah. it's the outsides that count for ants. Oh. And listen, that is a beautiful ant. I, uh, bright orange, black, great contrast, and on top of that... The thing about... Stop laughing, Chris. Stop this laughing. This is a serious conversation, Chris. Serious. He's venting. Yeah, this, this, is, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me. Um, the other thing about strobe ants, which is really cool, is that when they're distressed, they, they move in very short, fast bursts of speeds. So if you're watching... Even if you're watching a single ant and you've got a stationary camera or you're looking at it, it will seem like... It's strobing. It almost looks like you're watching a video at a very low FPS. They sort of just dart along. Uh, and that's why they're called strobe ants. Um, actually, see if you can find a video. It's, it's really quite uh, cool. Sorry, it was... Very it? cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, on top of that, there are a number of other... Uh, you might want to look at... Ooh, ooh, yes, yeah, that, that video will be good. Okay. Um, might... Yeah, I might want to turn the news sound off. Um, on top of that, there's a bunch of other species of ant which are, which I think are very popular, very cool. Uh, for example, what is it? Uh, banded sugar ants are very cool. Once again, bright orange, uh, black abdomen. Okay, David is currently looking at a video of them strobing. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's it's kind of like they're moving in stop motion. Exactly. It's like show, green show light, Chris. red light, green light, red light. <laughs> yeah, but, but really, really fast. It's like, yeah, because it, it just looks like they've got like one frame out every second one. Like every second frame of theirs is just cut. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they're moving at like a very... Low FPS. Yeah. And and so that's something that's very cool about them. Um, bended sugar ants, they're a bit of a, a, a basic species, um, but they're still very cool. Um, something that ants do do, which is really interesting... Is called tandem running. So you're a worker, right? You're out. You're you're walking around. Um, you're trying to find food for the colony. David, you can stop watching the video. Now. Sorry, I'm just. It's entrancing, isn't it? It's like how how do they how do they coordinate people going into the little small hole the, and yeah. then people coming out? People. Sorry. Oh, ants. see, <laughs> see, this is what happens. You get into ants and you start to like. They become people. <laughs> Anyway, tandem running. They're wow. real to me. I, I get off track very quickly. My, my brain, when we start talking about ants, is it, it just goes everywhere. Tandem running. So you're an ant. You've left the nest. You're looking ant. for food. Yep. Yep, David's the ant. Yep, right. I'm an so ant. He's, he's going around. I'm the alpha for, ant. David's the ant. He's looking for food. He finds some food, but it's too big for you to carry back. What do you do? I take small chunks of it if I can, or I call my homies up. You want to know what is... Exactly correct. What? Calling the homies. They will literally, <laughs> they run back to the nest. They leave a trail of pheromones on the ground. They literally rub their bum on the ground, leaving a trail of pheromones, which they can then follow back. So they've, they basically put down a marker. They know where it is. They can follow it. They go back to the nest. They signal to the other ants in the colony that, hey, there's food. Follow me. Uh, a number of ants will then follow them really quite closely. It's, it's it's quite cool to see. You've basically got four four ants walking in a line. Like in file. They're in marching file. out. S seriously in file. Like from above, it looks like a dotted line moving. Like yes. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, the line is a bit zigzagged, but yeah. they, they follow each other quite quite closely. And so they just go, um, get to the food, take it, go back, and, you know, if necessary, they do it again and again. Um, so ants, they're cool. Uh, well, I mean, obviously. I'm, okay. I'm obviously How do you that. get into ant keeping? Okay. Well, this is this is the thing that I wanted to talk about as like the main topic about ants. I'm just 
when I get really excited about ants, my mind gets a bit fragmented. So these these two are keeping me on track. He becomes like actually crazy. He, he, like, <laughs> he goes demented and he turns into an ant. I just about. Come, I can see antennas oh. coming out of your head. Oh, oh God. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How to get into ant keeping. It's really easy. Um, and to start with, there's no outlying costs, sort of. Um, <clears throat> Ants are so incredibly common, you can find them anywhere, literally anywhere, mm. uh, except for Antarctica, which is a bit of a... That's ironic. I know, I know. Um, so, <clears throat> during the summer, ants will have their mating season. Um, it's called a nuptial flight. The queens, new queens will come out of the nest, they'll mate, and they'll drop to the ground. All you have to do is find them before they dig a hole and, you know, start a colony. Well, it, it takes a while to start a colony, but before what, they like dig a hole. What season is this in? Summer, specifically. Basically, oh, actually, no, it's, I think it's December to March, really. You've got a wide, different species do it at different times. So you've got a, a very wide variety. Whenever you see swarms of ants, flying ants, those are queens mating. If you catch them, if you catch a queen, you can then start a colony from that. So literally you just go outside on the right on a good day or after rains is when they generally fly. So let's say day after a rain, you go outside, you see some flying ants around, look at the ground, look at anywhere around you and you should be able to find queen ants. Do uh, ants ever create unions and rise up against the queen? No, they are completely subservient. If, if you could actually get ant communism to work, <laughs> it would work. <laughs> because there is, there is no individual thought. They have a hive mind. They do. Well, yeah. Kind of. No, they do. They do, actually. I mean, it's not, it's, not a, it's not an intelligent hive mind, but what the colony wants, the colony does. Um, oh, yeah. So you've got your ant now. You've got your queen ant, and you're looking at it, and you're wondering, what the hell do I do with this now? Um, the easiest way to, to look after it is to get a test tube, like a science glass test tube, fill it halfway with water and put a cotton bud in it. Pack the cotton bud down into the water so that there's it, it's saturated. That is a perfect ant home. You know, Cal, I'm, I'm not going to know if I've found a queen ant. There are very easy ways to identify it. Um, the easiest way to identify a queen ant... Stop laughing. This is very important. <laughs> The easiest way to identify a queen ant is the presence of wing scars on the side of her, of her thorax. I'm pretty sure it's the thorax. Basically, all, almost all queens have wings. Um, and so they fly, they mate, they drop to the ground, and they rip off their own wings, and then they... they Lovely. You know, why I know. Would, why would you do that? Well, because if, if you're like digging in wet ground, which the queens do, the wings get stuck to the moisture and then it traps them. So the easiest thing is to rip the wings off. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid, huh? No, no it, it's like ripping off a limb, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's, quite, it's quite gnarly. And so the, when you rip off the wings, there's little dots on the side of, the, uh, of the, the thorax where you can actually see where wings once were. Uh, so wing scars is the easiest way to tell. Once you get pretty familiar with ants... You can just tell from sight. Like, if you were to show me a picture of an ant, just look up look up a picture of an ant. I will tell you if it's a queen or a worker. I I, I don't need to really look at it for long. I just know. <laughs> Oops, I said something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. My. <laughs> How did you start your colonies? Good question, actually. Um. So. <clears throat> oh wait, sorry. Um. David has a couple of pictures of ants up. Uh, ooh, that one's actually difficult. No, worker, 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 worker. Uh, these are all workers. I'll tell you when I see a queen. They all, uh, yeah, they all look the same, bro. That is that is mm, that is very incorrect, actually, David. Um, there's a queen. There you go. Um, Yellow crazy why, ants. Why? What? what? Is there like a hierarchy in ant keeping? Like rarer ants give you more status? Yes. Um, yes, to a degree. Well, I, 
The thing is, different ants have different difficulties of keeping. Uh, so, for example, a very common ant. Oh, uh, a very common ant is, you know, uh, easy to find, easy to keep. They they do well in all circumstances. Um, so, you know, not much respectability there. However, if you get rarer species, generally they're harder to keep because they are that much rarer. Um, and so, yeah, people sort of go, wow, wow, he's, he's got this species of ant. I do actually have a leptomyrmex colony, which is incredibly rare. It doesn't have a queen, which is very unfortunate. Uh, the queen died. But I do have a leptomyrmex colony. That is rare. There's probably about like five in Australia uh, and, and basically the world, except for <laughs> private collections. And you're just keeping it in your, in your bedroom? No, no, no. It's, it's actually at home. Uh, oh, because it, it's it's too big to transport here, really. Yeah, it's it's a couple of, <laughs> it's a couple of hundred okay, workers. I'll be honest, Cam. I thought the only colonies you'd ever bred were the ones that were on your desk in those little tiny plastic boxes. Well, no, there's there's been a lot of colonies that uh, that well, have died out. I mean, all colonies eventually die out. Um, That's a bit pessimistic. Well, no, they don't live for that. Well, I mean, they live for a fair amount of time, but, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting off track again. Oh, my God. Do, do you we, put it in a test tube? We're probably going to have to start wrapping up. <laughs> Listen, up. hey, I've got to finish this. Okay, you put yeah, it done. in a test tube, yep. put it in a dark place, yep. you give it a month, the queen will lay eggs, they'll develop into larvae, they'll develop into pupae, and then eventually you've got workers. Once you've got workers, you need to start feeding them protein um, to actually grow the workers and sugars to keep the workers running. And steroids to make them sure, make sure they're well. No. Not even protein put, powder? Put in some ant growth Can we hormone. not make super ants? Yeah, super ants. No. Oh. That's disappointing. Well, I think that's all we've got today. <laughs> fine, fine, I'll stop. I've gone on too long. If you guys are still awake or anyone is still listening, <laughs> thank Listen, you for... <laughs> I, I, I actually think that um, this has probably been the most disorganized, most disorientating episode we could ever do. Hey, listen, this is only the second episode. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to come. <laughs> Indeed. You know. Get excited. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, this has been another round. Have another round. Uh, to end off our lovely segment, our show, we're going to be uh, playing uh, one of Northbourne's uh, songs uh, for our outro as their song Hideaway. Uh, and yeah, I will all see you next time, I guess. Bye-bye. See you next week. <laughs>